Wake up, West Georgia. It's time for the podcast powered by coffee and Mountain Dew. The Morning Five with Bryce Sparling and Billy Lindahl. Good morning, West Georgia. Welcome in to the Morning Five. Today is Thursday, February 2nd. It's wet outside, but today, as always, it is sponsored by the Parian Lawyers. Nobody wakes up thinking, man, I hope I hire a lawyer today, but hey, life happens. Don't call one of those big law firms with overused slogans and thousands of billboards. We have a top-notch law firm right here in West Georgia. The Parian Lawyers with offices in Carrollton and Bremen, personal injury, workman's comp, and everything in between. Find them at callcadenow.com. That's C-A-L-L-C-A-D-E-N-O-W.com. Local lawyers, catchy slogans, a few billboards, big results. Billy, today is Groundhog Day. It is. And just like Groundhog Day, I thought I was living in the past yesterday when a big announcement came back or came down from a certain Tampa Bay quarterback that we'll get to. I I literally, Billy, the first, when I saw the video, I literally thought, A, yesterday was Groundhog's Day, or Tom forgot that April 1st is April Fool's Day, and there's no such thing as February 1st being (laughs) February Fool's Day. Yeah. I was a little little confused by that. So hopefully General Lee uh, will... You know, right? It's General Lee here in in Georgia, right? I don't know. I don't even know who the uh, warthog is up in the north or wherever that's at. <sighs> I think it's you are asking the wrong person, dude, and you know this. General Lee here, and I think it's gosh, what is his name up in? It's a long name. I don't know. It looks pretty cool though. It's free to go to, and they always have hot chocolate. Hey, that's always a yeah. good. And yeah. Brian Hill, I mean, it, it looks like uh, General Lee's not going to see his shadow today because... No, oh, absolutely right. not. <laughs> if he sees his shadow today, it's from uh, the tanning bed that he has inside his little burrow there, I'm going to assume. It's the ultraviolet lights because yeah, no you, will not, you will not see the sun today, folks. It is supposed to rain all day from the forecast that I looked at this morning when I woke up. Uh so your drive-in is going to be slow and be careful. Yay. That's a... Uh, Billy, today is also Tater Tot Day. Yes. Give me give me all the Tater Tots. All of them. I don't know. And, and Billy, you'll have to give me, give me your background on this. I don't know if I've ever been to a restaurant that didn't have good Tater Tots. It's pretty hard to mess up Tater Tots. You're not wrong. Tater Tots are hard to mess up, but there are some good tater tots out there too dude Oof. it's it's you just you just fry potatoes it's essentially a french fry you fry potatoes and put salt on them it's not it's not hard my favorite place to get tater tots is a tie between fabiano's and douglasville and sissy's in villa rica both of those have undefeated tater tots you know what those that's right i forgot about the tater tots and sissy's they are fantastic they're insane good uh i i could literally just get an entire plate of tater tots at sissy's is like an appetizer yeah. uh, and i'd be very very happy they're yeah. really good absolutely phil <laughs> <Honk laughs> by the way Honksatani phil I, I would have never guessed that in a million years we could have sat here for all day and i would have never got that yep uh quick story about sissy's billy i went up there a couple weeks ago and ordered some uh fried pickles as an appetizer 
and somehow a jalapeno slipped in the fried pickles thing, and I had a fried jalapeno. Oh no! Um, yeah, it was it was really good, but it caught me by surprise because I wasn't expecting a jalapeno when I took a bite into what I thought was a ranch covered fried pickle. Right. Uh, but fried jal- fried jalapenos might be the n- a new type of appetizer that restaurants <laughs> need to look into because that was really good. Yeah, I'm sure they have them. I was a uh, I was a big a big fan of that fried jalapeno. You have been digging deep for nuggets, Billy. Last night the Hawks beat the Suns one thirty two to one hundred. Uh, the primetime games on ESPN last night were absolute snooze fests. It was awful. I didn't I didn't watch this entire Hawks game. I stayed up until halftime, uh, and by halftime it was completely over. And I stayed up and watched the entire game before it, which was the Nets. And the Celtics, Billy, that game, do you know what the score was in that game? No. 139 to 96. Oof. Oof. So, yeah, bad. Really, really, really bad. I, the, the, the margin of victory there was over 40 points. The margin of victory here was over 30 points. Uh, yeah, so ESPN not having a great night with these two primetime games. But the Hawks won, so we had a great night. Trey looked good last night. Uh, went 20 points, 12 assists. I think he went three, four, four from the three-point line, somewhere around there. Three for three uh, from the three-line. Murray had 21 points, eight assists, six rebounds. Uh, went four for seven from three. That was really the story of the game last night. The Hawks uh, shot 57% from three, went 19 for 33. And that's great to see, Billy, because you and I both have lamented their struggles at the three-point line over the past couple of weeks. It's great to see that hopefully we are getting that three-point shot back for the Hawks. No joke. And that that was something really good to see early on, too, because it wasn't it wasn't like they were they hit the threes after halftime. It was it was bombs away from early on in the game, which was really good to see. Um I, I really liked the energy last night. It just seemed like Hey, we're tired of losing. Let's stop this. And that's what it looked like last night. Like it was, it was good to see. And and I feel like we always struggle out in Phoenix. Um, yeah. I think we've lost like the past. I think we lost five out of the last six games going into last night out in Phoenix. So it's nice to get that. And you know, Oo coming off the bench had 17 points, went seven to seven, seven of seven from the field. That was amazing. Bogey had 18 points off the bench. The game was over at halftime. Like I said, the Suns without Booker and, and Devin Booker didn't play last night has a groin injury. Uh, they're not a playoff team, in my opinion. I think they have some good pieces, but without Booker, he is the engine that makes that team go. Uh, they are not a playoff team. And it's nice to see the Hawks take care of bad teams when they should. Now, the Suns without Booker, like I said, they're a bad team. They are a game over 500, but they are a bad team without Booker. And it's nice to see the Hawks take care of business against teams like that because it doesn't seem like we've been doing that over the past couple of weeks. We sort of played down to our opponents. Right, and that's the thing that it was good to see last night. Just completely dismantle a team. Defensively, they looked pretty decent. I mean, I know we still gave up 100, but, I mean, it's 100 is, is basically normal for NBA, it seems like. Um, but beating the Suns like we did, that was that's a good thing. And, and now we get to move on and hopefully uh have a good night against uh is it sacramento uh utah utah tomorrow right yeah 
Um, I mean, yeah, the Suns had 67 points through three quarters, and that's insane in today's NBA. Um, that's really, really good. Uh, the, we had a season high in three-pointers and three-point percentage. We had 136 offensive rated b- rating before garbage time uh, minutes played into into effect, and that's that's much higher than our season average. So overall, a great, great game last night by the Hawks offensively and defensively. We go into Friday night, and we'll we'll get into that game more tomorrow, but that should be an absolute slugfest tomorrow night between the, between the Jazz and the Hawks. Yeah, pumped about that for sure. Yeah, super, super pumped uh, for that one. Premature snapulation. Billy, yesterday was National Signing Day. <laughs> we had some big names signing in our area. Yeah, we did. Uh, we had football and softball were the, the main you know, kind of sports for did they have they don't have different signing days for different sports, do they? Is it all one? Uh I, I think there's a different signing day for basketball. Um it would, that would make sense. And in, in baseball I would assume too, since that's a since that's a spring sport. Right. And but I think baseball, I think kids sign kind of year round. So I don't Yeah. Know. Baseball's weird too, like who goes to college, who goes into the draft, who goes to this place and that place and stuff like that. Right. Uh, but yeah, yesterday's National Signing Day, mostly football and softball, so we'll get to it. Bowden uh, with football. TJ Harvison goes to Pitt. Quay Calloway goes to Point University. Robert McNeil goes to Eastern Tennessee State University. Isaiah Lay goes to Rockford University. And Aiden Nunn goes to Cumberland. That seems pretty decent. All right. Uh, in Bremen, there is one for Bremen. Give me one second. <laughs> While you look at it, I'm going to say uh, Harvison at Pitt. I'm super excited to see that. Robert McNeil going to Eastern Tennessee State University. I'm interested to see what McNeil plays up there. I I, I hope he plays quarterback because I'd like to see him captain another team just because of how electric he is. But he could easily play, you know, uh, a slot wide receiver, outside wide receiver, any type of scat back wildcat, um, you know, DB, whatever it is. Robert McNeil can do it because of his athleticism. So I'm excited to see where they put Robert and how they utilize him up there at uh, ETSU. All right. Bell Atkins from Bremen in softball is going to BPC. And uh, Mandy Reinhardt is going to Emmanuel. Those are both softball signings yesterday for Bremen. (laughs) Oh, that's a fun college up there, Emmanuel. Is it? Oh, yeah. I've been up there before. Yeah, that's a PM five after dark conversation. Yes, sir, it is. I, I spent a couple weeks there one night. That uh, that place is place is interesting. Place is very interesting. They, have, they used to have a nice pool. Couple weeks there one night. Yeah. Okay. Never drink a homemade vodka out of a milk carton, folks. Not a good. <laughs> that's a pro tip. That's a pro tip right there. Pro, okay. pro tip for all you. Pro tip for all you youngsters. Uh, in Carrollton, the footballing Trojans, we had Takari Limscombe sign with Arkansas State. Freddie Perez go to Jacksonville State. Jace Ward went to Jackson State. Jay Farmer went to Georgia Military College. Jalen Walton went to Tuskegee. And Jaden Hamilton heads off to Mercer. Over in Central for football, Julius Walton commits to Charleston Southern University. Trey Hodges is heading to Coffeeville Community College. And Cam Edge is going to Jacksonville State. So Freddie Perez and Cam Edge heading heading over to Jacksonville State. 
And I think we have one more Jacksonville State yeah. coming up on this list. So a lot, we had a we had a lot of our kids go to Jacksonville State. I actually got recruited by Jacksonville State uh, in high school too. Did you? Um, it, yeah, I did. Yeah, I had, an, I had a scholarship offer from them. Um, too dumb to take it. Uh, in Harrelson County, in football, Caden Hughes uh, goes to Brevard University. Brevard. Uh, Brevard. Well, Brevard. They should change it to Brevard. I'm going to send them a note now. Change your uh, university to, to Brevard. Where's that at? Do you know? Yeah, it's in North Carolina. Okay, cool. Uh, over, we didn't have anybody sign, I don't think. I didn't see anything for her county. I didn't either, and I looked this morning. I think they had some early signees back in December. Um, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't see anybody yesterday over in Mount Zion and softball. Chelsea Hogshead, uh, signs with Southern union for softball. Where's that at? Do you know where that's at? Uh, off the top of my head. No. Okay. That's one of the cool things about this is all these universities we get, you know, I always pull up on maps and see where they are. Like I learned so much about universities all around the South. It's really cool. Especially when it comes to like softball and baseball, like, there's some universities I've never heard of. I'm like, oh, man, they have a really good softball program. We talked about this. A lot of these smaller um, universities have some of the most elite softball and baseball teams in the country. You know, it always throws me off. Uh, Alton Temple for football. Uh, Kayvon Coleman goes to the University of Virginia. And Cam Vaughn joins Cameron Edge and joins who else went to Jacksonville State? Uh, Freddie Perez. Yeah, out there in Jacksonville State. So uh, we got three football players that all signed with Jacksonville State this year from the West Georgia area. That's D1 now. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you know, uh, we we talk about this all the time. It doesn't matter where you go to college after high school. If you play college football anywhere, D1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, however many they go to, NAIA, JUCO, wherever you go, if you go play football at that next level, you are pretty dang good at football. Yep, no joke. I mean, you have to be part of an elite group to go play football at the next level, no matter where you go. And finally, out in Villarica, uh, for softball, Addie Orr is heading to Barry College, and Tori Wofford signs on the dotted line and commits to Valdosta State. Oh, Valdosta State. That's a fun college, too. Yeah, I'm sure the people from West Georgia are really upset about this. Speaking of West Georgia, real quick, uh, West Georgia signed a kid, uh, I can't remember, oh, his name is Thomas Probst. The last name sounds Sounds very familiar. That's because his dad is Rush Probst. Rush Probst. Is that the guy that had multiple wives? Yes. That that is the coach that used to coach down in Valdosta. They used to. He coached. He was on the uh, the old MTV show. Um, two days. I thought he was on the MTV show Cheaters. <laughs> that maybe too. Signs <laughs> with West Georgia. So, um, and Eli Barrow also from Cedartown, the stud from Cedartown, is also signing with West Georgia. <laughs> We were we were talking with our uh, that Northwest Georgia football um, our friends on there they, they do the podcast and everything during football season. We were joking with them on Twitter. I said, you know, if that Cedartown kid and uh, Clay Hyatt combine on a tackle for one kid, it, it might create a black hole and rip a, a hole in time and space. Dude. Uh, <laughs> Real. Uh, I mean, that, 
you know, we, we've talked about West Georgia not doing a good job of recruiting West Georgia. Um, and it seems like, uh, you know, we didn't have anybody in anybody on this list sign with the University of West Georgia. And I just I don't know if they're not recruiting around this area. I, I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what the issue is, but it seems like there's a lot of talent in this West Georgia area for high school football yep. that UW is not tapping into. You're right. And I don't I I don't understand it. I don't know. I would love to get an explanation. And I don't mean to be yeah. and we really don't mean to be critical of I do. I am. Yeah, I do. I, you might not, but I do. It, it does seem like that. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you might not want to be critical, but I'll be critical. I don't care. I, I think it's I think it's dumb. I think the amount of talent that we have on the West Side here for football should be recruited by teams that are in the West Side. Jacksonville State is obviously doing a good job of it. We had three kids sign with them this year. I don't think we had anybody sign for University of West Georgia. And we had two teams in the state championship in the West Side. So, you know, I, you can, I, if you don't want to be critical, that's fine. I'll be critical. I think that's a huge miss from whoever is recruiting out there at UW. And I'll say it. I'll say it on the record for the three people that listen to this podcast. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, there you go. I got flags too! Billy, yesterday, Tom Brady retires. And, and, and my big question is, is he the GOAT? And let's, let's run down his accomplishments first before we get into this debate. But is he the GOAT? Here's his accomplishments. Tom Brady ranks first all-time in wins with 251, Pro Bowls with 15, Super Bowl MVPs with five, completions, 7,700s, uh, attempts over 12,000, passing yards, 89,000, almost 90,000, passing touchdowns, 649. He also leads in the postseason with appearances, 20 seasons. He started 48 games in the postseason, 35 wins, 10 Super Bowl appearances, seven wins in the Super Bowl. Uh, he has 1,200 postseason completions, 13,400 13, postseason yards, 88 passing touchdowns in the postseasons, uh, 14 game-winning drives, and nine fourth-quarter comebacks in the postseason. So my question is, is he the GOAT? Yeah. It pains me to say that he is. So you're gonna say, yeah, he yeah. is the goat, Billy. Here is my argument why he is not the okay, goat. Go. He has 13 playoffs lo- playoff losses. That's more than Aaron Rodgers. So there's that. Tom Brady has lost three Super Bowls. More losses in the Super Bowl than Matt Ryan. Tom Brady has thrown the most career interceptions by a quarterback in the playoffs. He has 40 interceptions in the playoffs by a quarterback. That's terrible. That's awful. He also has more career interceptions building than Ben Roethlisberger or Phillip Rivers. I mean, how, how can you be considered the GOAT when you have more career interceptions than Roethlisberger and Phillip Rivers? And, and Billy, not to add on top of this, but he wasn't drafted until the 18th round in the MLB by a Canadian team. He wasn't even good enough to be drafted by an American team. So for those reasons right there, Tom Brady is not my GOAT. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. I thought you'd like as that. As much as Bryce and I are both Ohio State fans, we don't we don't hide that. I have always hated Brady because of where he went to school. Well, that's not why I hate him, that but be- that adds on to the fuel to fire. That being said, I respect the hell out of him because what he's done. I don't. In- 
<laughs> in his career has been absolutely incredible. It really has. Yeah, yeah. It's also disgusting when you see after games and he open mouth kisses his son on the lips. That is disgusting. It is a that is some some weird thing in the Brady okay. household. He, he does it to his father. He does. It happens post game. Watch it every single time after games. It's weird, man. It's odd. It's so so odd. I'm a man. I'm forty. Billy, what do we got on the Marine South scoreboard from, from last night? From the Marine South scoreboard last night, girls in girls soccer, Temple beats Pepperell five. Or excuse me, Temple falls to Pepperell five to three. In college basketball, Auburn Montgomery at UW, the boys beat Auburn Montgomery eighty six to sixty six. The girls beat Auburn Montgomery eighty one to seventy five. On the Smith's four coverings, games and events calendar uh, in girls basketball, Bowden has Green Forest. Boys have, or excuse me, in boys soccer, and apparently that's the only game tonight is Bowden for basketball. Bowden versus Green Forest. Uh, girls soccer, Bremen versus East Paulding at five thirty, and then the boys will face East Paulding at seven. And that is your Smith's covering four coverings, games and events calendar for tonight. Big Billy, you ready for another cup of coffee? I need one, bud. Let's hit it up. Another cup of coffee brought to you by realtor Hannah Strawn with Robert Goolsby Real Estate Group. Uh, Dodgers CEO says cutting Trevor Bauer was the right decision and unanimous. Okay. Where is Trevor Bauer going to land? He may not. Oh, you don't think he lands anywhere? Me, dude, I... I'm one of those people that I think that Trevor Bauer is talented enough. He won the Cy Young a couple years ago. I think he would he would fit in to anybody that has, you know, a back end side of your your rotation that needs some help. I I mentioned him for the Braves rotation, but you know, everyone laughed at me. But whatever. But I don't think because I think Trevor Bauer will be such a pariah because of what happened allegedly that nothing's no one's going to touch him. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I think, you know, stuff like this casts a shadow so far over a playing career. Um, I think Bauer has played his last games in the MLB and it's it's unfortunate for him because you know, stuff like that is, is such a, you're not sure what really happened. You know what yeah. I mean? And it, it's tough to get the facts out and everything. So I, I think it's, it's one of those things where you, you can't put yourself in situations like that. If you're, if you're that type of, uh, you know, mainstream athlete. So, yeah, I mean, he won the Cy Young three years ago. Um, it will see, maybe he does land on his feet somewhere. Maybe, maybe he does get another opportunity, but I, I'm sort of with you. I, I don't think he does just my first instinct. I don't, I don't think he lands on his feet. I don't think he's going to play anywhere. I think his playing career is is done. Um, and he's a, he's a weird dude anyways. He has baggage even before all that happened. He he has baggage coming with him. So uh, that, just, that just adds Maybe on to it. Maybe this is just because I'm weird, but he is entertaining as hell. Um, his I I follow him on TikTok and on um, on YouTube. And, and his content that he puts out is really entertaining. But, well... And it's all baseball related, so it's something. The entertaining is a good word, I suppose, to use to describe it. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo off-season split likely with the 49ers. Kyle Shanahan says. So let's think about this. That leaves Trey Lance because 
Purdy is going to be out for a year. Wait, what? Purdy is going to be out for a year. He has to have Tommy John surgery. He doesn't have a left hand? <laughs> they go out there and throw the left. Um, I, yeah, who knows, man? He might come in and... Uh, you know, emergency duty like he did in the NFC Championship uh, and just hand it off. So he's going to be off a year, so the 49ers are going to have to find a backup quarterback uh, for Trey Lance for next season. Yeah, and that won't be hard. There, There's backup quarterbacks floating all around in, in the oh, offseason. I don't Josh think that'll Johnson, be... I'll tell you that much. <laughs> no, it won't, be Josh, it won't be Josh Johnson. They'll find a backup, even if they have to uh, draft somebody in the fifth or sixth round. Oh, where do you think Jimmy Garoppolo's likely landing spot is? That's a good question. Um, that's why I asked it. That's why. I, that's why I ask him this podcast, Billy. Is just great, hard hitting questions. Here's one. Here's one. You ready? Okay. All right. See. Really? That, see, that wasn't even a team that was on my radar as a possible landing spot for Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't think I don't think Tennessee is in win now mode. And I think Jimmy G comes in and he gives your team a 3 to 4 year window where they can win. And I don't believe that Tennessee is in that window. I think their window just closed and I think they are going into a tank mode for Tennessee. Um that would be interesting though. That would be very very interesting to see what Derrick Henry has left with uh, Jimmy G at quarterback there. Um, okay, that'd be interesting. My, my two teams that immediately popped up in my head, my, the first team that is in win-now mode that is just a quarterback away, in my opinion, is the New York Jets. Um, and and I, don't know if, I don't know if Jimmy G is on their radar, but I think the Jets are a quarterback away from being able to compete in the AFC. Now, I, I don't think they would be good enough with Jimmy G to win that division, but I do think they would be good enough with Jimmy G to make it into the playoffs and, and compete in the playoffs. It, my second team is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, with the departure of Tom Brady. I think Jimmy G to the Buccaneers or the Jets. I think either one of those two landing spots are likely breaking news though. Um, apparently Zach Wilson from the New York Jets is starting to date your mom. So <laughs> don't doubt it. That's the, that's the one thing you got to watch out for if Jimmy G goes to the <laughs> New York Jets. I don't know what Jimmy G's mother's situation is, but you're going to have to watch out with old with old uh, Zach Sticky Fingers Wilson on your team. Uh, Pebble Beach makes the eighth hole safer after Jordan Spieth's daring shot was last year or a couple years ago or something. They backed the penalty spot up a little bit so you're not dropping right next to a cliff or hitting a ball right next to a yeah, cliff. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah, uh, Pebble Beach starts... Today, um, not sure what time the first tea time is. They're over on the West Coast, so first tea time probably somewhere between ten and noon East Coast time, I would believe. Uh, Orioles decline Camden Yards extension, join Governor in pushing to revamp the stadium district. From everything I've heard about Baltimore, and I've never been to Camden Yards or been up to Baltimore, but I remember years ago when there were the riots that were happening up in Baltimore and they had to close down Camden Yards and everything but I think honestly I think what the Braves have done what the what um, Chicago has done with Wrigley 
Wrigleyville, um, a couple other places are starting to do the same thing where they're starting to have a battery type place outside the stadium. And that is something that I think a lot of teams are looking into. And that's what he talks about with the stadium district is, is building a battery type, you know, area. So that's something. No, nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. Billy, it turns it into a sterile shopping mall. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you're you're right. That's that that's the way all these stadiums are going. The Plasky that said that. It was. It was Bill Plasky. Yeah. Breaking joke. <laughs> what, a, what an idiot. Um, it's it's the way all these stadiums are going. I don't like it personally. Once again, I think I'm in the minority. Uh, I, I like Turner Field downtown. I like Fulton County Stadium where you parked in front of somebody's, you know, yard and you could tailgate out there, bring your own cooler and drinks and everything. But stadiums don't want that. Stadiums want you to come into their, their you know, owned restaurants where the restaurants pay money. So they, you, you, you pregame at the restaurants and everything. And I think most people enjoy that. I think I'm in the minority where I hate that. I don't want to do that. You're in the minority. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think most people enjoy I, I that. Went- I I went so many times that I I didn't feel safe when I was walking in up to Turner Field. Like at all. Well, I've safe I've always felt safe anywhere I go because I'm I'm a hundred pounds heavier and about two foot taller That's than everybody. Fair. Um <laughs> But I mean you think about it at like uh for Falcons game and Atlanta United games, they're tearing down the gulch. The gulch was the greatest place to tailgate. you know that i've ever been to and now they're tearing it down they're putting apartment complexes and now they got that stupid home depot backyard that got thrown out of one time um and it's just i don't know it's just not i don't want i don't like the corporatization that they're trying to force upon us for tailgating but i will say one thing about camden yards where the orioles play you know our good friend patrick glory he goes around to i mean i think he's almost been to every single baseball stadium there is in the MLB. And if he hasn't been to everyone, he's really, really close. He said his favorite place is Camden Yards. He said that is the nicest, cleanest park he's ever been to. Yeah. Yeah. So um, they have that going for him. We'll see what what goes on up there. But the Orioles, when was the last time the Orioles have been relevant, honestly, in baseball? It's been a minute. It's been a long time. It's It's been a really, really long time. Billy, in today in 1985, U.S. Male Figure Skater Championship won by Brian Boitano. Yay. Hey. It begs the question, Billy, what would Brian Boitano do if he was here right now? The valid question. Do you know, do you know what he what would do? That? He would make a plan and follow through because that's what Brian Boitano would do. <laughs> when the damsel's in distress... Oh got captured by the bears he went up into the rockies and fought those grizzly bears and saved the damsels from distress oh boy have you never seen oh this boy. movie have you never seen this no. movie billy oh my god oh it's the, it's the original south park movie what would brian boitano do if he was here right now he'd make a plan and follow through that's what brian boitano do one of the greatest movies of all time it's up there top 10 great movie it's hilarious and they're sorry <laughs> you got anything else to add on this uh on this wet thursday no man, man let's get out of here let's enjoy our friday junior yep and we will see you all tomorrow 
Uh, be on the lookout. We have another Get to Know You series dropping today around noon. Uh, who, who are we doing? Who are we dropping today, Billy? Do you remember? I really Corey forgot. Nicks. Corey Nix. Coach Corey Nix out there in Temple. Uh, we talk about him coming over to Temple, how we got over here. We talk about his family, uh, and we also preview sort of what uh, what Corey Nix has coming in the future for a lot of his a lot of his youngsters out there. So yeah, around noon, listen in for the Corey Nix Get to Know You series, and we will see you tomorrow, same time, same place. Shake your neighbors, just shake them, shake your neighbors.